Welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast. My name is Risha York, and I will be your host. If you are overworked, overtired, overstretched, overwhelmed, just over it, you are in the right place. We like to say we are currently working towards Zen-ish. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. Let's see who will be supporting us on our path to Zen today. Thank you for coming back and joining us for part two of Amy Price. Let's jump back in. Um, what was your question again? And I don't know if I answered it. How can organizing and purging yes. things we don't love or need bring us to a more relaxed space? Yeah, I think I did cover it. Yeah, you did. did. Um, it's, it, it's just all around. It just makes everything so much less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I'll actually go hang out in my room because that's this that's where most of my stuff is. So that's where I've done most of my purging. So it's like, I know if I open my closet, it's perfect. We've had a really interesting conversation around this lately because our bedroom has become a dumping ground because our door is always closed. Right. right? So when we have people over, the kids' room will be super organized and their beds all made. The rest of the house will look organized cleaned but our bedroom specifically collects you know what are we coming up to next easter right easter stuff or birthday stuff or christmas stuff or whatever and i'll go through and try to clean it all up and put everything away but things start coming in the door again or i get lazy and throw things that need to hang up in my awful closet on my dresser so I don't have to go into the awful closet and deal with the closet (laughs) and so I said to my husband do you remember being a teenager and how much you loved your room I want to feel like that about my bedroom again I want to feel when I go into my bedroom I want to like lay down and put on music I love and just enjoy my bedroom yeah and like being in there yeah whereas right now it's the place I go at the end of the night it's the place I leave first thing in the morning and I don't go back into that room for the whole day because I'm out doing things busy whatever our main living space is our main living space but it would be such a nice retreat Mm -hmm. if it could be a space that I enjoyed being in yeah I know you said that question I was like oh man yeah Right. I remember like I was always in my room. It was perfect. It was immaculate. Yeah. Like I kept it so clean. Me too. And I loved my space. Me too. It had the things that were there, art or tapestry or decoration, whatever me was too. there felt like me. Yeah. And because I think maybe because we didn't have the ability to spend all this money on stuff, we had what we loved. And yeah. that was it. And that was enough. And it meant so much. Even when I was a little kid, we had one laundry basket full of mine and Beth's toys. 
and our dressers. There was nothing else in that room except for the bunk bed. Yeah. It was so empty. Like it echoed. Yeah. And I didn't hate it. No. I was outside all the time. Yeah. It's like I got I've got my stuffed animal. I've got my xylophone. I've got my speak and spell. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Rolling. Oh man, I love speak and spell. Me too. It took me a long time to learn view. <laughs> V-E-I-W. No. Damn. <laughs> view. V-I-E-W. Oh my god. <laughs> I never ever got it wrong since. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, and the disembodied voice. Yeah. So good. Oh man, my dad was like, You're such a pro at this. I'm like, thank you. How do you think an organized space supports work life balance? It's the psychology. It goes right back to the psychology because when you come home to only things that you love. Mm-hmm. Like your teenage bedroom. It was like, oh, I can sleep so well. You know what I mean? You remember that feeling. So you sleep better. You eat better. You you schedule your time better because you know more what you want. Right. And like you were saying before how we sit on the couch and we're hanging with our husbands and our kids and we're scheduling future things and we're not fully present in the moment. I find now that my space is organized. I actually block out time. Right. So like, this is when I get to look at my phone and schedule things. And this is when I just relax and like lay down and just doom scroll. Yeah. But Like an alarm goes off to tell me when to stop doom scrolling. And then I have to get up and do something else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I've made it myself, but I think that's because I feel so supported in my own space. Right. Right now. Right. I think it just comes naturally. Yeah. After you've gotten to that point of organization. I could see that. I mean, I work from home. So that work-life balance, I have to be very um, dedicated Mm -hmm. to creating boundaries. Yes. That actually makes you more efficient. It does. Oh, absolutely. It does. Mm -hmm. Um. It's funny, people like the less you do, the more efficient you are. Like, yep. Yeah, because then you get the things done that actually need to get done. You're not busy yeah. making. Yeah, you're not making yourself look busy. You're yeah. actually doing things that need to be done. And I do have, I don't know about you. I'm sure everybody has that ongoing to do list that's in their brain that's like, you still have this to do. You still have that to do. You still have this to do. Oh, I'd love the time to organize the playroom. I'd love the time to. And I don't currently have that time, but it's also not a priority at the moment. There's just other things that have taken precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important. When we triage the important things, then we're focusing on the important things. And then when we have the time to do that thing that's been kind of nagging at you, invest the time to do that thing or put it on a calendar and set that time aside if it's so important to you, mm-hmm. right? If it's not that important to you, to the point where you're not putting that time aside in a calendar to deal with it, then stop worrying about it. Yeah. It's true. If you, if it's important enough to you, you're going to make it work. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the hands of the universe come down and like our flood, because I've been saying we have to clean out the crawl space. We have to clean out the crawl space. It has to happen. I'm going to call Amy and get her to come and help us go through the crawl space. <laughs> and then it's flooded. I do recall you saying, I need help with this girl, the crawl space. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like I heard nothing I'm like hmm, what happened okay now I know 
the universe <laughs> intervened and said, that's enough of that. Oh, you helped me quite a great deal clean out my mother's house before she passed. And since then, we've got a lot more left to do. And it's it's the harder stuff, the more personal stuff. Yeah. So it's been like baby steps going oh, through sure. that. Um, but it's so challenging. In on one hand, it feels really good to get it done. Yeah. And reclaim those spaces. And on the other, it's sad. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause as you go through it, you're like, oh, this, oh, that. And sometimes it's good memories and sometimes it's not. So as yeah. you're going through it, it's it's very intense. It's very, very intense. And she was uh, an academic. So she has a closet full of research. Mm-hmm. I do remember seeing that. What do, what do you do with that? Right. I so I know. had reached out to some of her colleagues and That's been like, smart. does this have any value to anyone? Do you yeah. think anyone's going to want this? I don't know what to do with it. Did you hear anything? I'm so curious. I had one person write me back and said, I'm happy to take it and go through it all, Oh wow! which is so nice. I'm not sure she understands that it's a closet worth of stuff. <laughs> Here's the trunk full of Yeah, things. like, do we ship it to her? I don't know. So it's really, she's in the States. So okay. it's been um, an interesting journey, learning to parse through other people's things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm Because some of these things meant a lot to her, but not so much to anyone else. Right. But like anybody who's in her field. Yeah. Might be like, oh, this is gold. Or just like my mother was a knickknack person Mm -hmm. for a very long time. Okay. So she had a lot of knickknacks, which is not my scene. Mm -hmm. I don't do knickknacks. So she'd have, you know, like little figurines of things or, or, she did a lot of work with different communities and organizations and they would gift her something and that would mean something to her. And so she would keep keep it. it. Right. But it doesn't mean anything to anybody else in the house. Right. So there'd be like a little fat clay zebra in her office and everyone's like, I don't want that Mm -hmm. but it meant something to her so going through those things it's really interesting because you know is there a market for fat clay zebras do we (laughs) you know do you try and resell things do you donate do you it's yeah it's been a really interesting journey and doing that has shed a lot of light on what we have in our house and the kind of things that I just don't want to have in our house anymore right it's um it's kind of exhausting. Yeah. Like to say the least, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And you have to, the thing when you, when you start is you have to be committed to finish. Otherwise it's just fruitless. Yeah. Like it's kind of futile to start and then just only be partway through because you're just going to accumulate more. This is the problem. And like, I think that's why the KonMari method is so perfect because she does start some people do have a problem parting with clothes so starting with clothes doesn't work for everybody I've noticed right like I had a client and we spent three full sessions on just clothes yeah she had so many clothes but she loves clothes but yeah that's my winter jacket that's my that's my spring sunny but not raining jacket that's right you know and she had a specific article yeah. of clothing for every situation yeah i'm feeling a little seen 
I, I don't, I don't think I know enough about clothes. <laughs> I love I clothes. Like, I have like 20 hangers in my closet, all perfectly spaced, all wooden, all the same. Oh, beautiful. But done. It's That's perfect. my dream. That's my dream is to have a closet that looks like that. My reality is that I feel like I'm literally wrestling my closet every time I put a piece of clothing into it. Yeah. The closet issue for me causes me stress and makes my space less fun to be in. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Right? 100%. And Even then, though you can't necessarily see, you know. Yeah. Your brain is like, I know what's in there. It's screaming at me. Then the room feels full. And I need less things in it. Mm-hmm. So much less. Yeah. And I honestly just don't know how to get there. <laughs> so I feel the clothing thing heavily mm-hmm. because I it's one of those things. I love my clothes, but I also know like probably 95% of it has to go for me to kind of start over. Oh, and it feels so liberating. I'm sure like, it Even does. when you love clothes, it's like, oh. I was holding onto those size 10 pants thinking I'd fit into them again. You know what? Forget it. I will buy size 10 pants if I'm a size 10 ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. It's something to strive for. But if you're not going to get healthy for you, then don't get healthy for trying to fit into pants. Yeah, you're right. Um, The method, the clothing, papers, books, like that's why it's in that order. So that when you finally get to the sentimental, you feel super confident in your abilities to let things go or keep things. Yeah. Like you've honed your joy checking skills yeah. to perfection at that point. It took me many years of doing it over and over again. And I actually never finished that last bit. Right. It was hard. Yeah. I didn't feel, I didn't trust myself. To get rid of things that yeah, were sentimental. I, I didn't trust myself that I had done the first bit efficiently enough. So when I finally did this last time, I felt that click with yeah. the clothes and then I felt that click with the papers and then I felt that click with the books and I was like, whoa, this is right. This I've got this. And then I finally trusted myself to tackle the sentimental. Yeah. Stuff. So now all of my sentimental items, I don't know if you ever saw it. There's this box of crepes that you can buy at Costco. Okay. And the boxes are beautiful and they keep changing them every, like they come out at Christmas okay. and at Easter and they're, they're good, but I don't, I want the box. Okay. And so you're basically buying like, the food for the box. Yeah. And yeah. then there's like this magnet that holds and all of my greeting cards. I've kept everything. Right. Cause my mom's got, yeah. My mom's, you know, yeah. All I of her know. love and well wishes. And, and yeah. I've got my photos in the other one. Oh, nice. And it's like perfect. Two boxes. Two boxes. And it's funny. I kept size baby book and I was like oh I better finish that I gotta write in it I gotta finish right I had all these notes written down to to put into the book I didn't realize I had already filled it out oh so now I'm sitting on a finished baby book not even realizing it oh I'm like oh okay so I've got those two boxes and size baby book that's great and it's perfect yeah it sits under my dresser I can still see it if I want to look at it it's right there yeah it's beautifully hidden but I know it's there yeah I have a drawer, but the drawer is getting full Mm -hmm. and I need to come at it. I know I do. Yeah. And also this whole, you go through your, you know, whoever's ever gone through this, like you're cleaning out your parents' homes and they have things that are sentimental to you that you never thought, oh, I have to either take it or it's gone. Yeah. 
And so you have these moments where you're like, oh man, yeah, I don't want to take half their house home. <laughs> I know. I know. It was so funny. Not funny. Not funny at all. Actually. My dad, after mom passed. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I guess because, okay. While he was visiting mom every day at hospice, my sister and I decided to clean the kitchen because mom would smoke in the house. Many, many years of smoking the house. So we degreased the paneling walls. Yeah. And it turned into a complete renovation. Right. We renovated the kitchen entirely. Yeah. So dad came home one day and was like, oh my, this looks entirely different. I'm like, are you okay with that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I want to do your room next whenever you're ready. Yeah. Because they shared that room and I didn't want to just like change it. No, of course but not. Yeah. Something happened about a month and a half to three months. I can't remember the exact timeline, but after mom had passed, dad was like, oh God, I got to get rid of everything. Oh, wow. And he boxed up all of mom's stuff. He's like, Amy, come over. Yeah. Take what you want. Yeah. So I took my birthday month mug. Yeah. My little spoon that she used to feed me with. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Like, he's like, what about her jewelry? I'm like. Not really really a jewelry jewelry. Not really. Not really. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people struggle when someone has passed away to go through that process and it can feel really overwhelming at a time where you can't really handle it. Mm-hmm. Right. It happens like that a lot. Yeah. Like you're forced to, you're forced to, you know, we've been lucky in that, you know, my stepdad hasn't rushed it. And if, and when he chooses to move is probably where we'll put the big heavy effort in Mm-hmm. to clearing things out. I think right now he finds a lot of comfort in being around familiar things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I think about it a lot and I'm feeling like, oh, that's my responsibility. I have to go down and go through that mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, But that's... it's heavy. It's heavy. It's hard. So it's nice to kind of take the emotion out of it a little bit and come to a method. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah something that has steps to follow yeah because then when you get to that final one it is less heavy it really is because it's more okay this meant a lot to her but what does it mean to me yeah or anyone else for that matter right does anyone have guarantee someone wants a fat clay zebra (laughs) (laughs) you take that to the restaurant and someone will be like oh my god i love him it was perfect yeah yeah maybe you just never know yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) there's things right and it's funny too when we have conversations around the things that I did want um I remember it was like two weeks before my mom died we were talking about art and she's like you know I really want you to think about the art on the walls in this house and what you want to keep and what you don't want to keep and I was like okay okay and I said I love that picture with the the river rocks the stones and she goes Risha, that's a poster. And I'm like, okay, well, I love it. Mm -hmm. No, no. What I'm saying is there's actual art (laughs) in the house that has value. And I'm, I said, that means something to me. We've had that poster my whole life. It's been framed that way my whole life. I think it's beautiful. It's right in line with the style that I like it's no. very modern and clean lines and nature focused <laughs> and I really want that 
And she was like, okay, fine. You get the poster. But, <laughs> and she got really upset with me. Um, She had this beautiful painting made. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's not in my style at all. My husband really likes it. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. We'll right, hang it in we'll, your office. With we'll you. hang it with, probably yeah. in Rick's office, it'll look great down there. Mm-hmm. But it's not really my style. And <laughs> it's interesting when you're going through this, like it's fun to have those memories as you're going through it. Cause it's, oh, look at the coat she, <laughs> I bought her and she refused to ever wear. Yeah, I, I wonder if it fits me. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but yeah it's it's heavy it's a heavy process so having something to follow is is really helpful but also understanding that the things that you have a sentimental connection to might not always feel practical no like I have this little figurine of I don't even know what it is it's a ball of clay playing a flute but I remember it from being a tiny child mm-hmm. and it's kind of all I wanted was that and the poster. So they're all laughing at me because yeah, I like weirdo. There's no value in this. Like, but there is. I'm not a stuff person. It sparks joy for me. Yeah, for me. <laughs> so it's a strange moment when you're going through things. And then people second guess, you sure? You sure you don't want this really expensive thing? Well, yeah, it's. Just I, because it's worth money doesn't mean it has value to me. Yeah, like I I wouldn't even know who to sell it to for money. And even then, wouldn't point. I then feel bad about right. selling it for yeah. money? Like, I don't know. I don't I... Liquidate your stuff just to have money. I don't know. I don't, I don't want your stuff just like I've already got these two things. They remind me of you. They make me happy. Yeah. It's so hard. It is hard. I feel like some of the, you know, in her mind... It was this original art can be handed down through the family for years to come. I see that. Mm-hmm. I also see that this original art could be donated to a local museum and it could be literally on loan mm-hmm. for as long as it needs to be Yeah, to honor that Canadian artist that did that beautiful piece. And That's many people idea. could enjoy it. That is a super great idea. Instead of just me. Right? And then you don't have to have it in your house. Well, no offense, mom. No. I love you forever. I don't know. It's an interesting conversation around what you connect to, what you don't. And how many things do you have in your house that you have no connection to? Um, Most of everyone else's belongings. (laughs) But I can't force them. No. I can just nudge a little bit like, hey, if you need help, let me know. Yeah. And like both the both of the teenagers, they're both getting well, the other one's gonna be 17 soon, but they'll both be 17. And you can open their doors and be like, yep, this is a 17-year-old, a 17-year-old's room. Yeah. And um, it's like, I don't understand how, like how, when was the last time you did laundry? <laughs> that weird laundry pile is gonna walk soon. <laughs> you should wash your clothes. <laughs> Washer's empty. Yeah. It's all yours. Yeah. And like, I forget how to do laundry. No, no, you, that's no excuse. There's instructions. Yeah. On everything. I've literally laminated instructions for you. Oh, you're such a good mom. Even with the dishwasher. Like they, we never had a dishwasher. The kids grew up with no dishwasher. So now right. it's like, oh, a dishwasher. Right. Right. 
That's yeah. why I just leave it open when I leave the house. Yeah, I'm it's like, not oh, rocket yeah. science, guys. Dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy. You don't have to hand wash the dishes. Unless you want me to say, hey, you're on dishes. Like, oh, I guess we have a dishwasher. That's easy. <laughs> we learn, we grow. We learn, we grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like back to the whole taking things that people are trying to give to you. It's really hard to set boundaries sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like you it's my mom thankfully wasn't like that she she was she was kind of delirious so I don't think she was really even with us when she was with us yeah so she never pushed for anything yeah no she was just like my mom came and went in that space but a lot of times when she was lucid I was being told oh yeah you're taking that yeah Right. My mom, there was only one thing she was clear on. She wanted to be cremated and then flushed down the toilet. Oh my God. I was like, mom, we're not flushing you down the toilet. She's like, you could if you wanted to. I don't care. Just cremate me. It's cheaper. (laughs) So instead we divided her four ways. Sure. So all the kids and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Mom and we all have her hanging in our rear rear mirror. Oh, that's cute. We've got the little box. Yeah. Obituary. I laminated four of them. Yeah. And then. Yeah, that's so nice. She's like, okay, that's that's so funny. She's probably happy with that. We have a culture of stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was for the longest time, I mean, I don't know what it was like at your house, but my mother was always big on etiquette. So, you know, you're invited to someone's house, you bring something, you... Now she was also very old school. So she would make her own jams and jellies and pickles and relish. And and so when we had to bring a gift of some kind, it was usually something consumable. However, um, that's not always the case, right? So you go to someone's house and you're like, I have to bring something. I, I never wanted to be something that has to live in their house forever. Right. Because I don't want to contribute to the stuff. Yeah. Right? I get that. And so it's this, we have this etiquette built around bringing stuff and things and trinkets and whatever. We have this etiquette where for birthdays we give gifts and we, instead of experiences or time or Mm -hmm. a meal or... And I'm trying so hard to shift more. And I think a lot of people are mm-hmm. into the experiences and the time and the events and the, instead of the stuff, right? Because it's not serving me. If anything, it's making me more stressed out. Right. Unless there's something very specific that I say, I, I would like this, or I need this, or mm-hmm. I want this, but generally I, I'm not, I know. I'm with you. Yeah. With you. And like, I've been pushing for the last two years. Like, can we just like go somewhere? Yeah. I don't, I don't really necessarily want to buy a tree. Like we've been getting a real tree ever since we got into this house. It's a real tree. Yeah. So for storage reasons, we're storing a tree stand. Right. And decorations. Yeah. There's no big plastic tree. Yeah. Hanging out in the basement. Yeah. Um, But like, I, I still would much rather just go somewhere yeah like i he's all about the tradition of it like yeah i want to spoil my kids i'm like yeah but like if we go somewhere that's spoiling the kids with like something of value something else 
that they'll remember forever. There can be both. I mean, I guess. Right? We can do both things. We bought all the Rubik's Cubes. Like, they have yeah. all the Rubik's Cubes. But like, I mean, like, one more. year you could go away and that's the gift. Mm-hmm. And next year you stay home and you do a thing. And then the year after you go away and that's the gift. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, yeah. you, you can build it that way if you want to, right? Mm-hmm. I find as my kids are getting older, especially the youngest one needs so much less stuff. Because yeah. he's inheriting all of the stuff from the older kid. Right. And so I'm always at a loss at what to do for him. So I don't know. And I'm waiting. He's three and a half. So he's also not in love with any one toy or any one thing. Whereas my oldest will be, I'm obsessed with this right now. And right. this is what I want for my birthday. Okay. My youngest is really mellow and not right. really easy going. Yeah, really easy going. So he's tough. And so I'll be like, let's go do something for the birthday. Okay. It's just yeah. how he rolls. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. I really like your kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're good kids. It's so funny though, because when they get older, it's like, what do you want for Christmas? And it's like never under $600. I'm like, guys, come on. Yeah. Like I could go, we could go on vacation for this price. Yeah. Let's do that instead. No, I really want that. Like, well, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to combat the consumerism. It's hard, especially your young brains don't know any better. Mm-hmm. They want it because they want it because their buddy has it or they yeah. they saw a commercial and it appealed mm-hmm. or whatever. That's a hard thing to try and combat from a parenting point of view it is it has to be societal we have to do a major societal shift i feel like to really eliminate the want of unnecessary junk do you have an example of a time where you have helped someone organize something and it brought them a noticeable shift in lifestyle yeah Can you share that with us? Yeah. So I had a client, um, it was probably, I think my first, my first like paying client Yeah. since I started the business and, um, her boyfriend had been taken to jail. Oh no. Okay. So she was like free. Right. And her whole entire house was just, you could tell there was like some bad stuff going on. Right. So after like taking a shovel and putting everything outside into garbage bags Mm -hmm. and giving it a quick once over a nice clean. And then we went through her organ or we went through her closet in her bedroom and took everything of his out and kept everything of hers that she loved. Oh my God. She was in tears the whole time. She was just like, this is so life-changing. Yeah. And I was like, how like, I hope so. That's the point. But she just, she wept. And then she kept sending me emails every week. Like my closet still looks amazing. <laughs> my bedroom still looks amazing. We rearranged the, like the, the layout of the room and she, she can oh, she got rid of so much stuff, but like mainly just her living room and her bedroom. Yeah. But it was just so much. And, uh, she's like, you should have charged me five times the amount. Like it's <laughs> just the invaluable what you've done for me. Yeah. And, um, and that's got to feel good. She actually sends me emails once in a while still. Yeah. Like it's still going strong. I'm like, good for you. Yeah. Most people, if they don't do their whole house, it tends to overlap into other rooms again. Sure. 
I could see that. But I guess after after the the, the new life change, I guess. Yeah. She was so happy. And it, I think she's moved since then. But it's such a big deal, I think. It's such a big deal to rearrange your space in a way that works for you and also see the things that work for you and mm-hmm. bring you joy. Eliminate the fluff. Eliminate what doesn't serve you. Right? A hundred percent. Like, I mean, even as far as the person being removed physically. hundred percent. Like, yeah, I think that was the starting point. Cause I, that, at that point, I felt so bad even saying that, but I'm not giving any names no, or any no. details, but like, that was the start for her. Sure. Like that was like, that would be a huge asset she needed <laughs> to change everything. And then she was like, oh my God. But then again, when you're out of the situation, it's like a switch goes off and you're sure. like, oh, hi, that's me. I'm me again. I get right. to be me. No one's telling me not to be me. No one's telling me to be less than me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. there's lots of life events that would come through that way too, right? Like mm-hmm. a breakup, a divorce, a death in the family, any kind of shift like that. Mm-hmm. Bringing someone in to help you through parsing that stuff going through your things, understanding what's serving you, that would be really comforting. I feel like in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're not on it on all alone mm -hmm. trying to find your new normal. Yeah. It's, it's like you have a coach that's like an expert in that field. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what a coach is, but it's just nice. Yeah. I know, like, I've had you as my coach, and I was like, oh, my God, life-changing. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Amy. (laughs) It's true. I love my job, and I love the results of my job, and it continues to inspire me to continue to do my job, and I think you're the same way. Oh, my God. So fulfilling. Like, honestly, I don't think there are enough words in this language to convey how much I love this job. Yeah. Well, you can tell. And it's wonderful working with you. I've hired you to come and work with me. We built my whole basement. And I love that space. Mm -hmm. The space is amazing. And to be able to love your home in a way, and you built it, Mm -hmm. has a whole other feeling than someone came and did it the way I asked them to. Yeah, we made some pretty good memories down there. Yeah. Listening to Spotify. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what are you listening to? Fun. Yeah. (laughs) 90s jam. Um, Well, thank you for joining me on this podcast. I'm sure some people have walked away some great ideas. And if you're looking to hire and you're hire someone to come in and help you, you know, this is your sign. Get out there and bring someone in. Amy works out of the Muskoka, Simcoe, Muskoka area, and she will travel. Or I could do it remotely. Or she could do it remotely. Um, Spotless Mind is what you're looking for, Amy Price. She's lovely. And we're so lucky to have her here today. And join us next week for our next episode. And we really hope that you've been enjoying these chats. I know I have. Every time a new person crosses the threshold, I learned something different. Well, thank you for having me. It's a fun day. <laughs> it's been fun. Yay. Yay. <laughs> thank you for listening. Like and subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts. 
visit www.yorkmotivational.com for more information on my super type A attempt at being Zen, the coaching program, Lead Without Permission, or visit our contact page to reach out to Risha. Wishing you all continued balance and fulfillment on your road to Zen.